I want to apologize. Johnny Lawrence apologized? Yeah. Look, I screwed up back in the day. I took you for granted. You didn't deserve that. I ruined our relationship, our friendship. Well, worst of all, your radio. <laughs> yeah, you did mess up my radio, didn't you? You ran over it with your motorcycle. No, I didn't run it over. Dutch ran it over. I just threw it. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. When I'm not out cheating on my wife in Okinawa, I'm slut-shaming my own daughter. Wow. <laughs> my name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Eagle Fang Karate, because after a night of loving, I wake up to my old flames acting thirsty in the DMs. Lovely. Uh, yeah, so this week we're here to talk about episode nine. We're coming up on the end of season three. God, can we make it last any longer? No, we can't. Uh, before we get into that, though, we did want to mention uh, we always very much appreciate reviews left on Apple Podcasts. They really help us uh, share the love. Um, and I think we have a new review. Uh, do you have it, Jim? Should I pull it up? Yes, I do have it. And I, I mean... On one thing, well, on one hand, I'm kind of annoyed that we're reading this at the start of the show because we read the other Absolutely review at the end of the show. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> we had a review recently as well that was a good review. But now it's like we're like focusing on this is a bad review. Spoilers. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, one... Jim, what are you talking about? We get dozens and dozens <laughs> yeah. of reviews. We're just hand cherry picking <laughs> yeah. these. One star from PP, uh, I guess it's P Poop. PFT. So it's a burner account from some other Cobra Kai podcast, clearly. Because <laughs> um, honestly, I don't feel like this is an accurate review. I, I'll take a negative review, but please don't give us one. Uh, but I'll take it <laughs> if it's accurate. This says, if you hate Cobra Kai, this is for you. If you want to listen to an hour of two dudes talking about all of the things they don't like about Cobra Kai, this is the podcast for you. If you're a fan of the show, don't waste your time with these two losers. They got us, Jim. Yeah. They did got us because we do hate this show and we are losers. So well, they got it factually accurate. Let me just plead to the audience if people are listening. So if you're hearing this, then please just submit a review. Please submit a good review because, I mean, I don't want this on our thing. And also, I just don't. I mean, I, I know there is. Uh, this does speak to kind of uh, fandom in general. Um, if we can get into that, whether it be Reddit, social media, like, a lot of fandoms now, like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of negative, I mean, you can go on YouTube, every every negative video about anything is going to get a lot of views, you know, it's like, this thing yeah. sucks, and here's here's why. But I don't feel like we're doing that. I mean, yes, we do talk about things maybe that we don't love, but even then, it's always like, this is a nitpick, because they did this, and I would have preferred this, but, what, but then other times, we're like, this is amazing! I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear from our show that we fucking love Cobra Kai. I don't know. Maybe this is the time to tell you, Jim. You yeah. actually hate oh, Cobra yeah. Kai. <laughs> and honestly, I... Shit, should have mentioned that. Now I'm thinking about maybe some of the stuff I might be saying about this episode. Or maybe this guy's, like, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, I just think it's very funny because, uh, as I'm sure you're all aware, dear, dear listeners, we have a plethora of podcasts at showswhatyouknow.com. We've been talking about various TV shows for a number of years. There are shows we've started, at, like, discussing episode one and then gone episode to episode. I won't mention names, Legion. Uh, but there's ones where we've gone episode to episode and, like, 
had high hopes for a show and then over time just like hated it started shitting on it uh and like we're just like let god let this be over other shows that go downhill over time um i think i have maybe that's maybe it's not relevant for this episode but like comparing shows like you know stranger things we one of the first podcasts we t- uh, one of the first sort of shows we talked about on this is um uh, is stranger things and obviously season 1 of stranger things is great and then it just goes downhill cobra kai is such an excellent show because they have managed to fulfill on like all everything they've set up through season one, even if there are things that maybe haven't panned out perfectly, it is so much easier to fuck up as you head into season two, season three. And like, we're coming up towards the end of season three and I'm so excited for season four. And that is so rare because I'm, I'm usually a lot more afraid than I am excited heading into a new season of something um, or like at the end of a season, even if I think it holds together. So anyway, this is all a long ways of saying uh, it's very funny that someone listened to this and thought like, God, these guys are so critical when there are actually shows that we just tear apart. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you mentioned, is it Mr. Robot? What was the name of that show? <laughs> Mr. Robot. Yeah. Oh, my God. We, we did not we enjoy started. that. But that's, that's why we just kind of stopped. Uh, we stopped watching it and stopped covering it. So, But uh, I think that, it, as you said, it kind of speaks to fandom in general where you either have, like, uh, if it, Jim. We haven't let Cobra Kai consume our entire lives, so yeah. uh, we're clearly not fans enough to be talking about it, even though we're so excited about it that every week I'm like, fuck yeah, I get to talk about Cobra Kai. Nah, I'm not into it enough for this guy, so fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, because yeah, there is this part of fandom where if you even have like a slight critique, people are like, well, what are you even, <laughs> what are you even watching it, it for? It always goes, like, from 100% one way to 100% the other, though. Like, remember mm. Game of Thrones? Obviously, like, it was the per- most perfect show ever. Yeah. No, Like, any critique had to be prefaced with, like, obviously, this is a fantastic show, but... And then everything turns and everyone hates something. So, you know, I, I just feel like uh, being able to talk about... Oh, I sound like such a cunt. Being able to talk about art <laughs> and being able to like uh, talk about how it's been made and how it can be, I don't know, how how could we ever write something similar? We need to go into detail on everything that makes it great and everything that makes it not as great. So that's what yeah. we're doing. I mean, I'm sure most people listening appreciate that. Uh, it, you can leave a review to let us know uh, if you'd like. It'd really uh, help balance the average out there. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure most people are with us. I also think it's clearly just another Cobra Kai podcast, and now we have to go and leave one-star reviews on all of their feeds just to even the odds. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely in agreement. This was definitely <laughs> a, some sort of rival podcast, starting our podcast war with us. Uh, Besides, we had Mike Steele on this show a couple of weeks ago, so we had three losers. Don't yeah. they look stupid? Yeah, what do you and mean? And this know? review was posted, as we noticed before recording, on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so I think someone's just a little bit salty. Absolutely. Agreed. Anyways, no more attention to that. Moving on. We're talking about episode nine of Cobra Kai season three. It's called Feel the Night. Uh, directed by our boy, Josh Heald. Uh, the Big Three did the story together with Michael Jonathan Smith, who has done the story and the teleplay, and he's done that for, like, two episodes this season and one episode last season and one episode in the first season. So he's he's been around, uh, done a few different episodes. Um, this is the penultimate one, as we all know, and obviously the big thing is... 
Ali with an I is in the show. Fucking thank God, finally. We've been waiting for it for so long. Um, it's great to see. We start the episode right off with that. There's some mom coming in. Like, it, it definitely... I mean, did you did you uh, understand immediately what you were seeing, or did it take you a moment? Was it was it a reveal when she was suddenly there? Um, yeah, I mean, when I first watched it, I because it's very it's like a very nonchalant like because I guess after especially watching the show and waiting so long for season three, um, with the way everyone had theories and stuff, you expect it to be some like big intro. It is. I I do enjoy that. It's just kind of like. You know, we start in on someone we don't know. Camera swings by. Oh, it's Allie's mom, and Allie's here. Now, I don't know the validity of this. I assume it is, but people say that this is a Adventures in Babysitting reference because, like, at the... But, I mean, it's very flimsy. Not I, I, I've seen Adventures in Babysitting when I was a little kid, but it wasn't one of those movies I rewatched, so I don't know it that well. But it's like, at the end of the movie, she's sitting on her couch waiting for her mom. So everyone's like, just like, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> just like in Adventures of Babysick. Now, this could be very true. Well, because it's just like Back to the Future 2 when she's like frozen <laughs> on the porch, right? For ages. Yeah, and exactly. then her mom shows up, right? <laughs> and they have the pickup truck is a little fixed again. Uh, so, I mean, um, it, it very well could be true. I, I, I just, it's funny, like being on the outside of that. Because, I mean, don't get me started once we start talking about sauce. Not in this episode, oh. but... I mean, when I'm like, oh, my God, the sauce, the sauce. <laughs> so we'll I get into that next episode. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers from the sauce. Um, but yeah, uh, the intro is basically just Ali with an eye is in town. Uh, Elizabeth Shrew, great to see her. Um, so weird to see her in this after having seen her in The Boys season one that I'm sure a lot of people listening have also watched. If you haven't, check yeah. out The Boys. It's really great. Elizabeth Shrew is great in it. Um but yeah, it's bas- they basically just tee it up with her mother going like, are you going to meet up with any of the old gang? And she's like, ah, don't worry about me. I I have some plans, though I believe she doesn't at this point because <laughs> That's uh, true. Johnny's fucking ignoring her, <laughs> although maybe it's not been that long since the message. But then we cut over to Johnny, uh, see him waking up in the arms of Carmen, um, and they have a little chat about how great it was to have a good ride and how they're not sure what they're going to do, but maybe we'll have a chat later tonight. Uh, or are they? Yeah. Now they're definitely playing with, they're playing with our like expectations as far as the TV show is concerned, because, well, actually, even before I get into that, I'll be the guy from the reviewer who like shits on Cobra Kai, I guess, just because this is a, and this isn't even a Cobra Kai nitpick. This is a Netflix nitpick because I mean, I know it doesn't matter now because the show has been released, but they released this on uh, the, you know, uh, January 1st, but yeah. like we have all this Christmas shit. I mean, this has got green and green and red Cobra Kai intro with Christmas tree, Christmas party. Why the fuck didn't they release this before Christmas? God damn them. <laughs> What's wrong with them? Could have released it on like yeah. the 18th or some shit. Yeah, I, I think this is the kind of rage that is allowed because <laughs> it's complaining about the show not being out. And I think yeah. if we're real fans, we should be sending death threats to the creators of the show <laughs> because they promised and underdelivered on the release date, I'm pretty sure. Um, so that's okay. Um, she magically, in an edit, Carmen puts on her clothes. It's pretty impressive. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, but yeah, the other thing I was going to say is because, you know, the whole idea of Allie, obviously it's been something that the show's been building up. You know, some small hints at season one. It was kind of a part of the big cliffhanger of season two. And, of course, through all these episodes here. But 
you know, as a logical person in real life, it would still be a big deal, but there's there would never be this expectation. I mean, maybe in some cases there would be, but there wouldn't be this expectation of like, oh, we got a Facebook message back. Now we're going to be a couple again like we were in high school. But with a TV show, you start to think like, oh, great. Or you're thinking like, oh, no, but what about Carmen? But now Allie's back. But I mean, the show's obviously playing with that. And I guess we'll see where that goes. But I guess I'll say I like where they what they do with it. Like I because I, I don't know if people did think that uh, maybe when Allie came back, it was like they're going to get back together. And that's part of Cobra Kai now or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they literally have her be separated from her husband for that very reason to yes. make it a viable sort of potential maybe thing. Um, but then most of their conversation isn't really about that, though I guess yeah. we kind of leave it up, up in the air by the end of the episode. So, yeah. Um, sorry, so you are... You, I'm just are saying... Are you a fan of it? Do you not, not like it? What's, I'm saying I like what they're doing because... I mean, I guess uh, it's very negative to talk about. Oh, subverting expectations. Jim, don't. don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're feeding into it. Yeah. Uh, But uh, they're just kind of playing around with these ideas. I I, I like, and they've been doing that playfully throughout the season anyways, with the whole fake out of Allie being the doctor, uh, you know, in an earlier episode when you see it from behind and think that that's going to happen. And I mean, the, the rumors are already starting up again in the fandom as far as that Hillary Swank is going to be Tori's mom. Um, and it's like, please don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be a bit silly, but you know, they'd probably do it. Great. The bastards, everything that I'm like, I don't want this. I don't need this. And then they just do it. And it's amazing. Well, they probably won't do that, but that's what I mean is I like that. I'm giving actually props to the big three here is I like that. They're aware of some of these tropes or some of these weird television expectations. And they're, they're not doing it to like fuck with the audience. They're just playful with the audience. It's kind of a fun little nod. Most people just watching don't care. It's like, Oh, I'm just watching a show. But if you're kind of like, in it, you know, hosting a podcast. So sometimes you read some of the discourse and the the theories and stuff, and then you see that like they goof on that a little bit. I think that's fun, and I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so before that storyline continues, as you say, uh, Johnny sees the message. They're going to get lunch. Um, we have Miguel hanging out out with Sam back at Miyagi Do, looking at all the shit. Like you know. This guy founded Miyagi Do. Looking at pictures of Mr. Miyagi, yeah. this is truly a meeting of worlds. Yeah, uh, you know, playing around with the drum. She's going to show him how it works or whatever. But I still don't understand how the technique works, even at the end of it. And he's got the drum in his pocket, and no one makes the well. They kind of make they the do joke make of the like, joke. is that a? They do make the joke. They do make that the drum joke. in your pocket. They again. I have to say, this is how uh, Anthony. Um, was conceived, some sparring that got out of hand. That's true. So I think Daniel is right to be a bit, uh, <laughs> uh, well, surprised is one thing, but I mean, yeah. He walks in on them, drum in the pocket. Uh, what a great scene. Um, it leads to, obviously, Daniel and Miguel having a conversation, which I've wanted to see forever uh, later on. But but yeah, some smooching. Daniel walks in. Great stuff. Well, what's great is that it's weird that it's taken. I mean, we've talked a lot about it. Even we've mentioned on this show of like Daniel and Miguel, 
have no interaction, which does make sense. I mean, why would he be hanging out? I mean, there was obviously the, the, the point when it would have made sense was when they were dating and then, you know, drama happened. So it didn't quite get there. Um, but this is stuff, at least me personally, I've been waiting for. I want him to see what Miyagi-Do is really all about. I want him to talk to Daniel. So these are things that are going to happen. And I think going back to the drum, the reason why it what they do, they are trying to kind of fix Karate Kid too. I mean, I guess that's essentially been the whole goal of this season is what things they've been trying to do. Uh, and they're almost trying to explain the drum. But the reason why it doesn't make sense is because she's doing it in like a defense way. Because she's like, yeah. she's just, you know, pushing his fists away. But in Karate Kid 2, he's doing that, but like hitting Chosen, isn't he? Like, isn't he just like swinging his arms at him? Uh, Jim, but- you loser. <laughs> you sound like you hate the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want to keep harping on the Karate Kid 2 <laughs> thing. Um, but they're almost kind of trying to fix it a little bit. Yeah, we do get the drum. In, is that a drum in your pocket? But also one of the things I do really like is that Typically, what we've seen in a show, you know, whether it be, well, especially, you know, a a show about high school kids and the love triangles and the romances and such, that typically when Daniel walks in and sees this, this is going to be the thing like, get out of here, leave my daughter alone. And like, he gets like ridiculous about it, but he takes it pretty much in stride pretty well. Um, yeah. you know, he tries, like Sam even brings up the point, like, you know, you, you, you should trust me. And he does. And it's like, he understands, like he could trust Sam. Maybe they're going to do a little smooching, but like, let's, let's, uh, ease it back a little bit. He's not being absurd about it at least. Yeah. We need to leave the dojo doors open if we have boys over. <laughs> Although, I mean, they're all kind of paper doors anyway. You can pretty much see through, like see a sexy silhouette through it anyway. So yeah. anyway, back in Cobra Kai a town, we have uh, Robbie waking up, rolling up his sleeping bag, comes out, creasing him bond over how shitty their lives are. <laughs> um, yeah, It's pretty much it when he's like, you know, uh, uh, slept in rougher places. He's like, likewise, they're like, got this glint in their eye of like, yeah, we both have had some shit to deal with. Um, and he's going to show him some punching, but then the Cobra Kai's come in. Um, Hawk is unimpressed that, uh, you know, he's he's had to deal with fucking Kyler being there and now Robbie's there. The yeah. whole thing was about, you know, that not being cool. So Chris has to have a chat with him where he's like, the enemy of your enemy is your friend or whatever. Um I guess. Um, and I mean, Hawk, we'll get it. We'll, I'm going to put a, a hold on Hawk conversations until next week, maybe get deeply into what's going on with Hawk. But basically, sit, the situation just gets shittier and shittier for Hawk um, in that he's like, wait a minute, am I the bad guy? Even though he clearly is. Yeah, because I mean, this is I mean, obviously, the show is very uh, like, um, you know, it's not as episodic. It's everything's like a one storyline. But these two like final episodes, especially, it is very much kind of like a part one and part two in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, yeah. Although it is kind of stuff we've been seeing through Hawk the whole season, but we've also been seeing more of his darkness besides his like you know concerned looks. But yes, it's weird because I, yeah, I guess I go back and forth because on one hand I feel like Kyler would be worse for him, but then the whole Miguel situation with Robbie, but also he's not even really cool with Miguel right now. Uh, I know, but the whole reason they that they were like fuck Johnny is that yeah. you know Miguel got hurt, and now well again I can't really talk freely because we're trying to keep it spoiler free. So yeah. 
Um, but, but then yeah. we we have um, some now. One of the things I do like, and I wish there was more of it this season. I think I've already even mentioned this is Tori and Robbie because I think they obviously have a lot of things in common and can relate on a different level than most of the other characters. Um, and you know, she kind of confronts him here. Is like, oh, you're running away, uh, and. She, you know, she doesn't have the luxury of running away because obviously she has her mom and her uh, was it she was like sister or brother or something like that. Um, mm. And then she gets into how like Sensei Kreese is what teaching her to use her hate and channel it and like you know use it's basically her power. the most like evil like <laughs> it's like a yeah. cartoonish fucking Star Wars dark side <laughs> thing where they're like, oh no. And she's like, no, hate's actually, I thought it was bad and I hated myself, but I could actually use that hate to hurt other people. And Robbie's like, ah, oh, interesting. I, I, you're completely right, but also I do feel like this makes sense, almost makes sense more to a, teen, a, a teenager and a teenager's life teenager's mm-hmm. life than it does in star wars in a star wars yeah. with adults Fair. Yeah. that are like, just because like especially because it's weird because the show it's not really like this show should get into it or is about this like as far as like we only see glimpses of you know what robbie's had to deal with and what tory's had to deal with because in yeah. our in the grand scheme of things like in reality it is kind of really serious, like sad things that happen to a lot of people, whether it be your father abandons you, you you're poor and you have to deal with your sick mother and also like rapey landlords. Like these are kind of like really dark things. Um, and it would make sense that because you're already like at least me anyways, when I was a teenager, I was like angry. You're gonna be angry at the world. Yeah. Uh, and then you throw in these like other real world things that are hitting you when you're a kid and you don't know how to process it. And you have someone like Crease that comes in and is like, No, you just you're hurt, so you should hurt everyone else. Uh yeah. like it just it makes sense uh for these sure. characters. Yeah, no. Fair, makes sense. Um we finally, I'm going to move us to the next scene where we're in the Mungdal Bowl Cafe, Magnolia Cafe. Um, very fun joke about the order. Uh, yeah. I did Google it. It's just like a lentil curry, whatever. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> more importantly, so Ali was obviously in the previous scene uh, with an eye. Uh, but like this is really the first proper scene because it's her and Johnny. What a moment. Um, and I we have to talk about Elizabeth Shue just for a bit, I think, as how I I just love her portrayal of Ali all these years later because she's, A, super charismatic. Yeah. But she has kind of this, I don't know how to describe it, but she has this kind of like, ah, like this is awkward, but I'm like enjoying it. And like she has this detachment to the role um, or to like the past, if that makes, I don't know. It's just, it just brings home this thing that is obviously true for all of Cobra Kai, but the fact that we get to see these actors after such a long time do takes on these characters, I, I just think she does a, a fantastic take on Ali and who she would be years later and why she, like, I don't know, her her whole way of approaching things and stuff, it's it's new because it's different because she was not very, super three-dimensional, you know, in, in <laughs> Karate Kid 1, but it's just, like, believable, and I don't know, I just think she's great. I just think she's great, Jim. I do agree with that, uh, although on my second watch through here, I guess it's because maybe I wanted a little bit more of Allie 
not that there even would be time for that. So I, I know I'm being kind of unrealistic, but I guess it was just more apparent of how like she's just here to service, you know, Johnny and Daniel in a lot of ways. Uh, sure, but I guess yeah. that's also the point. Like I can't really harp on it too much because what are we going to do? Add three more episodes where like we're spending time in her life and, you know, meeting her children and seeing the, 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 the daily, uh, yeah. ups and downs. Um, so I, I'm being unrealistic, uh, but I still, I'm still with you. I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you say. Like, I, and I, I meant to look into it a bit. I don't know how true it, true it is, but I've seen headlines in the past that, you know, maybe there was some, maybe not necessarily bad blood, but like the reason why she wasn't in Karate Kid Two is because Machio was like, nah, I'm the star. <laughs> like we don't bring anyone else back. <laughs> so I don't know if the maybe there was some weird like <laughs> stuff there. Uh, but anyways, we're talking about the show. That's just all. That's just all real life stuff. But you're right. I like. It's very similar to you know we've talked about in the past when you know they bring in like Daniel's mother and like it is these these great opportunities to revisit characters and come at them from a different angle and have this whole other backstory and life that happened in between the movie and now and play around with that so it's 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 very fun yeah and so after the fun joke about the menu and the order and she gets the burger, he's still trying to be someone else, a la taking pictures with sushi and stuff, <laughs> uh, but then quickly orders a burger when she does too. And so they're in the next scene, we see them cutting back to them later. Uh, we see them talking about their first date, uh, which like just sounds like a fun story. They're tr- stuck on a Ferris wheel. He's laughing so hard uh, <laughs> that she can't tell that because he, he, he's like, oh, I've never let anything happen to you. It's just they're just reminiscing about great times uh she talks about uh you know they, they get real pretty quick like they're reminiscing and then they get real and i i obviously besides having ali on it it's great to see johnny and how he is with her and like how he opens up about how he fucking partied away his 20s and how he's a bad parent and all that instead of just going you know for nah babes i'm all cool yo i don't know uh it's just like every conversation he's had with miguel has prepared him for this because there's no way he would have done this if he hadn't had miguel in his life you know well that yeah exactly that's why i wanted to open with the apology because it really does show um like how different johnny is um yeah and i mean she even makes like a crack like johnny lawrence apologizing and it shows a lot of growth and it's just funny though because like what um what is uh because even like the ah, i partied through my 20s like how old are these people actually aren't they like 50s (laughs) i mean i know they look amazing uh so it's like you you forget you just think like ah, just some fucking whippersnappers in their late 30s you know (laughs) catching up on life or something uh but either way yeah you're right and it's because of miguel and because of like this kind of journey they've been on and in a weird way i was almost thinking i was like fuck where do we go from here because johnny is in like such a great place that like you know, what is the journey of Johnny Lawrence past this? Like, how much better can he get? I guess he could get better, but it's like, I feel like he's made great strides. Yeah, and to answer your question, William Zapka is 55 now, 
They would have been yeah. a couple of years younger. Like, yeah, I do always think of them as like, yeah, they're in their, you know, 40s or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's just look at them and go like, oh, if only we will look like that when we're that age, we can be happy. Although I have to say Daniel's dye job is uh, questionable at times. Jet black hair. Uh, <laughs> I think he'd look fantastic with some grays, but I guess he disagrees. He would um, look nice with some grays, I feel. I'm with you. Yeah. That's why we don't associate him with, uh, like, Mr. Miyagi, um, I think. Or, like, this being the same age or a similar yeah. age, because he just holds on to this uh, star, uh, this L.A. persona, um, which I don't think uh, Pat really ever did <laughs> to the same extent. Uh, but anyway, they have some great conversations. Uh, I guess we'll jump back a bit, because we have skipped over um, the, uh, the Cobra Kai's breaking into the zoo. Uh, Robbie doesn't need beer to pretend to be cool. Uh, oh, yeah. A nice sip of hot, hot, hot scalding warm <laughs> beer out of the backpack. Um, and then they break into the zoo. And I guess we, we kind of pick it up later. But yeah, they steal a cobra. Like, we, we all know where this is going. They steal a cobra. Yeah, and also kind of the stuff we'd already mentioned as well, because uh, Miguel's out looking at the car for like an hour while uh, Daniel and Sam are just, he's giving her kind of a lecture. And like we said, she's like, you know, you could trust me. Um, and yeah, that's this is like all intercut with the breaking into the zoo, which then leads to the reveal of they're going to steal a cobra. Um, and then the funniest part, the funniest line in the episode is when Kyler forgets the snake pole and it's because like, if he messes up on in school, his dad's going to shit in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. Uh, (laughs) I guess it's kind of like, since we don't, we haven't gotten a peek into him, I guess maybe, you know, if we did explore that a bit, the, the part of the reason why Kyler is also crazy and insane is he must be dealing with his own pressures in his home life. Um, and that's yeah. a little piece of that because maybe his dad literally would shit in his mouth. <laughs> I'm just going to take it at face value. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be maybe a season four scene that we'd like to, to sort of build why he has so much anger. We get to see some of that. Um, but yeah, then Daniel comes out after Miguel's been looking at the car forever and they get to have a chat. Like, I, I don't know what... It, like, I do love Daniel. I have to preface it by saying I love Daniel. I do kind of get annoyed now every time he's like, yeah, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. Like, back in my Reseda days, yeah, we really had it tough growing up. And I get they're, like, connecting over that or whatever because everyone's like, I can't believe you used to have no money and now you have money. And he's like, ha, yeah, me neither. Let me go drive my 18 yeah. cars out of here. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think that was kind of a small misstep by the writers because they're clearly just trying to get that out and because i th- i had the same thought when i was rewatching i was like oh, it's kind of a clunky way to do it i get why they're doing it though it is kind of almost maybe it's not that hard to believe but it's like johnny never brought i guess he never brought up sid or anything like that huh because it's like i was surprised mm-hmm. that miguel didn't know that johnny grew up with money but i guess maybe he wouldn't he would it's not that he's lying about it but he would just leave that out of the story huh yeah yeah no it just kind of feels more like daniel's bragging about it than anything like and like reminiscing i maybe i'm just too eat the rich for my own good i don't (laughs) know um where uh yeah anyway they they basically this all all kicks off a conversation along the lines of i guess 
your sensei didn't tell you everything, and then they sit in the car and have a conversation about it. I do love this scene, but I am also imagining, like, what is Sam doing at this point? Like, <laughs> is she just meditating? Like, yeah. Because Daniel clearly is going out to have the talk. We see it uh, when uh, when she comes out with kind of a grimace, and she's clearly probably listening at the at the pretty much see-through door. Um but yeah, so they're talking again. This is the parallel of the scene we've seen previously with him and Johnny, right? Where yeah. we get the, everything from Johnny's perspective. Now we get it from Daniel's perspective. And uh, yeah, obviously Miguel is getting a, a reality check here. Yeah, which is nice because it's not like I get the impression like they're not setting this up for then Miguel to be like, Sensei's a liar. Like it's yeah, yeah. not about because, and especially. Like we've said many a times, Miguel's the heart and soul of the show. Miguel's not the type of character that would even think that. He, he's just taking it in, like realizing the different points of view. And this puts him in a good place for where things are headed as far as like what he feels about, you know, his sensei and uh, Mr. LaRusso. And the, the, the other thing I really love is that he always calls him sensei. I, I guess I know that's always been the thing. But it's just, for some reason, it stands out more here to me when he's talking to Daniel because it's like I tie it to how, you know, he always, it's always Mr. Miyagi. And I think we kind of had that conversation a little bit, I think, when Mike was on because it is like this respect thing that's always in your head as the student who like loves and respect your teacher is that that's not going to leave. And it's like a weird uh, bond thing that I, it's not really even spoken about or maybe even like felt initially, but it's like this thing that they can both like really bond over. Uh, and it's just like a small detail that I really liked. Yeah. And I guess I, I need to rewatch season one again, just for funsies. But, uh, remember Miguel like showing up really mad at the LaRusso house. Um, and he sees Robbie there talking with like, uh, with Sam at the mm. dinner table and everything, and he did feel like he was probably shut out of the family. Um, well, sh- shut off from being in in contact with the family, which was more about him being a Cobra Kai, I think, or whatever. Yeah. But to him, from that you know uh, background he's from, that was more like, oh, I'm I'm shut out of this because of the money thing. Um, so with that in mind, it's great just for Miguel's sake and for where he's at to see him like actually get along with Daniel and shake hands from one all Valley champ to another because karate is the most important thing in the world. And also that was, I mean, even tying into what you're talking about with uh, Daniel talking about being from Reseda and stuff. I mean, that's a big thing in the first karate kid. Remember when he has that argument yeah, with yeah. Allie because he does feel, you know, shitty because his, his mom's car doesn't start. And of course, like yeah. she has this huge house and country club and all that. So you could see how that would even still be a thing where Daniel would hate himself in a lot of ways. Like there'd be a part of him mm. that hates himself as a rich kid. And he would want to try to point out like, well, Hey, I, you know, I, I grew up in Reseda. My mom's car wouldn't start. Yeah, That's why he's always talking about <laughs> yeah. it. That's what I mean. I, yeah. I also, I don't even think it's unbelievable. I okay. just think it kind of is kind of defensive yeah. <laughs> or whatever, uh, in a douchey sort of way. But maybe that's just cause I haven't grown out of Reseda yet. You know, once I get there, I'll be like always talking about the bad old days, <laughs> um, and how much better they were. Um, I will have yeah, to call so, out the flashbacks. I don't like when they do these mm-hmm. Daniel flashbacks that are like split screen, I guess, to yeah. play into that review, here I am talking about something I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. It's just a bit much for me. 
Yeah, no, fair. I mean, it's to set up the whole thing. They're all talking about how much they love Ali. It's all, you know, connecting with her being back in the show. I think this scene kind of ends with um, Miguel and Sam going like, this is great, but it doesn't really solve our problem. And then they're sort of uh, seen about hatching a plan that uh, comes to fruition later in the episode. Um, well, yeah, because it's basically she's like, uh, like she comes out because Daniel's like, oh, shit, got to go look at the time. <laughs> I'm talking for hours about my fucking high school (laughs) days again. Um, And, you know, as he leaves, she does say, like, she has the comment, like, if only he'd talk with your sensei the way he did that with you. And then then Miguel's like, yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And then then Sam gets that sly look on her face like, "Ooh, I got a plan. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then you know if cobra kai was a sitcom it feels like where they had to pick the sets they'd probably have the cobra kai dojo yeah i i guess they'd have the miyagi do dojo and then i fair, feel like it would be an even split they'd they'd be fucking biting their nails in the fucking department that builds the sets going like oh do we pick the high school or do we pick golf and stuff because <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. We want to, int- like, golf and stuff is clearly the key, like, it, it's a key p- place in these people's lives, as much almost as the All-Valley Tournament grounds, because, fuck yeah, we've gone back to golf and stuff, we're literally reliving the past, it's great, great well, stuff. It's, and plus, because it's not only that, like, the kids are always going there, too, it's not even just the adults oh, yeah. being like, I need a taste of my youth, let's go to golf and stuff, the kids are like, yeah, no, golf and stuff is great, we don't need our phones we don't need our VR headsets. Uh, we don't need our PS5. Fuck Twitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't need any of that because we have golf and stuff, just like our parents used to do. <laughs> Some good, honest, wholesome fun. And they go on the Ferris wheel and it doesn't even get stuck or nothing. They take selfies. They sit on a bench. Um, they talk here. They do almost kiss. I don't remember exactly what they're talking about in this scene. Oh, they're talking about Robbie, right? And him being a terrible parent. Uh, yeah. She's like, tell me about Robbie. And then, you know, he's, yeah, he talks about her. And then, then he asks about her kids. And we get a glimpse into her life. Like, what well, one of them's like uh, in college. One of them was going to do something and then decided to join a punk band or something or other. Uh, and then, yeah, they're about to kiss, but she gets the alert about the party or text or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, she invites him, which is nice. Um, they deliver the Cobra uh, to, to Cobra Kai and Kreese gives a little pep talk, I think. about. Well, what's hilarious though. Well, I mean, number one, I guess we kind of glossed over it. Like, is it just that Robbie's so Robbie's so brave? He just grabbed, I guess he didn't have a snake pole, so he's just cool with grabbing it all right we do see him handling it here when he puts it in the tank so i guess he's just he's fearless he doesn't doesn't matter but uh he's been to juvie he's seen some shit but i just love that the 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 uh i mean i guess it makes sense for crease because his speech is like i'm so impressed you guys are fearless this is great (laughs) it's like (laughs) they didn't do anything that great i mean they just broke into a (laughs) they broke into a zoo and stole a snake it's just weird for an adult to be like wow i am so proud of you guys (laughs) this is amazing yeah but this is like bullshit also is this replacing the snake because the one that was i guess it was euthanized the one that they had to release in uh 
LaRusso Auto, no, right? it still lives there. Why do you think we've not heard from LaRusso Auto or seen it since, Jim? It clearly lives there and has kind of like a in a basilisk from Harry Potter 2 kind of sense, just sort of roams the cars. And that's why the business is shut down. And that's why all of Amanda's and Daniel's focus is on the karate now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't realize like, oh, yeah, it's not like they're going to be able to get that snake back. So I just imagine in between lessons, Crease has been pretty bummed. And they all like sometimes the students would be like or Hawk would be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Sensei Crease? Like, Nothing. I don't want to talk about it. And then they realize like, he oh, stare, shit. he yeah. stares wistfully at the empty cage, <laughs> yeah. puts his hand on it. And they're like, we need but he's to- actually just thinking about Nam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's really just caught up in a flashback. But they're like, oh, clearly he's missing his cobra. Let's break into the zoo. Uh, but hey, he's impressed. You showed fearlessness. Um, leadership. Yeah, you showed leadership. Those are the qualities you need to be a champion. And I mean, we do get some more seeds here because Crease is now like all buddy buddy with Robbie and Hawk's like, what, what about me? I mean, I'm surprised Tori's not like, what about me? Uh, because yeah. I kind of never got the impression that Hawk was like uh, a number one student anyways, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, well, I mean, as I said, like, this is just Crease fucking stirring the pot. Basically, yeah. he's not actually impressed. I think he's just like, ah, oh, you did a thing. And now you're, these bonds are forged stronger <laughs> and you shall forsake your family <laughs> and only swear allegiance to the Cobra. And he talks about how Diaz and the LaRusso girl, they're working together. Yep. Kind of gets both both Robbie and uh, Tori kind of uh, miffed at that. Um but yeah, I, then I agree see, with everything you're saying, but I do. I also think that he's fully impressed, and he's like very excited. He's like, yeah, "Oh, you guys are even better than I thought." <laughs> Can't believe wow. you do something. No one's done anything so nice for me. <laughs> this is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. <laughs> I mean, I was a prisoner of war, but you know what? This is the coolest <laughs> goddamn thing I've ever seen. You got me a snake. Can't believe it. No, to be fair, probably no one's gotten him a present for like. 40 years so <laughs> what is hilarious too is how like you know obviously he's doing the obvious he's bringing up LaRusso and Diaz and then he even has to like twist the night to be like they actually make a great team <laughs> mm. <laughs> they make a pretty good team by the way uh, shit stir yeah. crease um so at the LaRusso house we have the core of Miyagi-Do hanging out Sam's there talking about how the keg's on its way. I don't feel like any of these characters have ever drank from a keg before unless it was that one party last season. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a shit party. Um, and finally the keg arrives. But no, it's not the keg. It is, uh, it is sorry, Eagle Fang Karate. Um, although there's only like Miguel and the two guys, right? So I guess they are the elected representatives or the ones who could like get out or they're the ones who weren't working at golf and stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, the main face characters anyways, the ones we would yeah, recognize. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't need to have the house full of people, but yeah, basically two, two dojos stronger than one. It's a tale of two dojos. We all knew this was coming, but it's great to see it happening. And they're all yelling at each other. They're all upset. They hate each other's stupid faces and wouldn't attend each other's funeral. Um, and it's, you know, they, I guess that's kind of it where we, we just leave it there for this episode though. We don't see really where it goes um yet um so i guess i'll i'll be silent there but yeah we're, we're gonna see the joining potentially at least that's what miguel and sam are working towards yeah i mean if you if you died i wouldn't attend your funeral that's a great line 
uh, when they're kind of going back and forth. And yeah, it kind of ends with uh, Miguel being like, this isn't going to work. And Sam's like, it has to. It's like, oh my God, will it work? And I mean, I, I guess she has some of her voiceover, you know, we have to put the past behind us uh, because we alone, we're nothing. If we work together, we have a shot. And this is played over as, you know, uh, Johnny's walking into the party and he sees Allie talking to Daniel. And now when I when I watched this initially, I was pretty annoyed. <laughs> and, Why? Because you thought you thought yeah. Johnny was going to walk up and start fighting him or Yeah, what? yeah, cuz I was like they they can't keep getting away with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> sorry the the teasing of them becoming friends and then going the other way or what is it that uh, Yes, yeah, no, became, totally because yeah. it's like yeah. even though I love it and this this has been I mean they didn't really do it in this episode 9. Because usually in episode nines are when Johnny and Daniel are friendly. And then by the end, something happens and they're not anymore. You know, it, it ends with a thing. And, you know, here's a thing where it's like, oh, it, like, where are we going here? I mean, obviously, they're teasing the idea that Johnny's going to be upset about this. And, you know, here we go. Here we are again. Rivals. Uh, they do use the clips. I mean, I do love the I love the flashback here. I know I always complain about the flashback, but <laughs> it's him looking, uh, you know, to the right and then seeing uh, Allie and Daniel on the beach. And it's like, here we are all over again, you know, 30 years later, 30 some odd years later. This rivalry has to stop one way or another. I mean, it's still a great it's a great cliffhanger. It's how it's what you want to do with these shows. Like, ah, I got to see what happens next. But initially, yeah. I'm just I'm a little annoyed because you know I'm a I'm a La Russo through and through. Yeah, we want them to end up together romantically. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's um, I, I they always have great like things launching you into the next episode. You know, cliffhangers or whatever we want to call them. But this is especially great because you're like fuck. Like it's not like fuck. There's gonna be a big fight. It's like fuck. I really want to see these characters have conversations with each other. Yeah. Even though it's a karate show, I'm not like fuck. Yeah, I want to see Johnny and Daniel fight. I'm like fuck. Yeah, I've waited for these characters to come together since you know season one. Let's fucking see how this plays out. I'm fucking hyped for it, and so should you be. Uh, as we get into the season finale next episode um, of Cobra Kai season three. Um, before we do, I will mention again, reviews, very much appreciated. Yes. Uh, beyond that, at showswhatyouknow.com, you can find all sorts of other coverage of sh- so many shows we don't like, and a few we do, like The Sopranos. Um, and beyond that, we're also going to, we are now currently, I would say, in the timeline you're in, listening to this, we're releasing Blank Meets Blank season two. Yes. Um, or, Sorry, season the rest of season one. There was a very long mid-season hiatus. Um, but Blank Meets Blank, if you don't know, is a show where me and Jim think up a new television show every single episode by d- drawing two random things from a hat. It's so much fun. At least we think it is. And you can share your opinion in a review on Apple Podcasts of that show. Uh, but yeah, that's Blank Meets Blank. You can find it at showswhatyouknow.com or your podcatcher of choice. Is there anything else, Jim? Uh, yeah, there's just one more thing. Oh, what? What? Sorry. What's what? What was that? I think you cut out for a yeah. second. What was that? Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.